What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, Uber Lyft driver and gig economy news. Powered by UberLyftDrivers.com. I'm your host, SJ, and it's time to get it on. Welcome, 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 everyone. It's good to be back in the podcast seat. I am here with my microphone, my notes, and my own mind, and that's it. Uh, I got to say, you guys, I am so thankful that I was able to do the co-hosts all summer and had the pleasure of working with so many great content creators, um, many of which I'd had on other, I'd worked, I'd been on their their channels or their podcasts, or I had done roundtables with them, or this or that or the other. But it was nice to do a coho podcast summer. Um, but now I'm back here for the audio side a lot more, so we are here and. Uh, this once a week, the Tuesday drop. For those of you that will be catching this without video on YouTube, um, hopefully I will get the, the sound cleaned up as much as I like to so that you guys, and especially in a couple weeks I will for sure, um, have it back to that, where you guys can really notice the sound difference of a podcast compared to the lives we do and some of the issues we face and whatnot as live streamers. Nothing you can do about that, but now... It's back to raw rodeo audio style, baby. Um, so Tuesday, uh, Rideshare Rodeo Podcast drops. That will continue as they have since the very first episode in May of 2020. Um, this is the 165th episode of the podcast. Um, I do want to say that Fridays, so I know that the audio podcast side, we built for like a year before I went over and started working on the YouTube side a bit. Then I was kind of working between both. Now I've got both kind of dialed down and it will be, the time will go back in equally as, as it used to. So the audio podcast is going to get me back in my style. I will have guests on for 10, 15 minutes, new drivers from different markets that I've never had on. Um, I am looking to meet so many new people. So if you are catching the podcast or you've kind of just been um, listening to some of the things I've been doing over on YouTube and whatnot, again, the audio podcast is back. Uh, email me at steve at rideshareradio.com and... Uh, you know, send me comments, send me questions you have, send me anything you want, send me if you want to be a guest, send me a story that you have, and um, if you'd want it shared, or and if you don't want your name used, you shared anonymously. But let's let's um, let's get back to the communicating. That's something that one of I have a list of a few things. That's one of them up there high that on the list that uh, 
that I do miss is that um, the audio podcast side was much better at email communicating. Obviously, there's a reason for that. The YouTube side has a lot more ease just commenting on the video or in a live chat. But I really do like the time that, that some of the regular listeners, and we have quite a few, were putting into their emails. Um, so I, I really want to get back to that and uh, meeting new people. I, I love having you guys on that work around the country from the smallest towns in America um, to the largest towns in America, to every to any and every country around the world, the the, the offers open. We've had a few guests from out of country, um, but yeah. So here we are. We're back. Um, all the co-hosts rocked. I I will find a way to do some kind of tribute to them. Not sure yet. I'm just kind of trying to keep everything balanced right now, guys. Um, I will tell you that next week I am going to have a big announcement about the website. Um, As you heard in the intro, it says sponsored by Uber Lyft drivers. And Uber Lyft drivers is coming up on six years um, of being a website. The um, audio podcast is, you know, two plus years. The YouTube channel is, um, you know, about 15 months, one plus year. Um, All of our socials are going And I am making it very easy for you to find everything, but uberliftdrivers.com is going to become an archived um, piece that still will have things added to it, but it's going to be on rideshararodeo.com. Right now, I already have rideshararodeo.com redirected to uberliftdrivers.com and you can find the Rideshare Rodeo podcast on there plus all the social links. But what's going to be happening is that Uber Lyft driver page you're being redirected to is going to become a subdomain of Rideshare Rodeo. Do you need to remember all this? No. All you need to know is it's going to be cool, cool, cool. You're going to land on Rideshare Rodeo. There's going to be news, blogs, um, uh, you know, podcast, there's going to be all the social links. There's going to be a page, uh, like a social media uh, or like a podcast, um, YouTube creator, um, uh, directory that you'll be able to look up, um, anything that I'm letting any, any, anybody that, um, we have affiliation with, uh, can write up, um, three sentences, four sentences on their channel on YouTube or their podcast and I will put those links up there and we will have a directory so that you guys can start exploring more things because there's a lot of good stuff out there and a lot of good creators. So just know there's a lot of changes coming. Uh, because this is my first solo back, uh, I was at, you know, I, I'm not going to get into it tonight, that part. I'm going to save that for next week because I want to get into some news here. It's been a minute, guys, since it's been just me, uh, no video. Um, and, uh, I'm just free to kind of roam here. So let me start off tonight saying that we are 28 days out from the midterms, midterm voting. If you are part-time or full-time in the gig economy, know where your candidates stand on independent contractorship. I was being a little, I was being very cautious when putting the wording together for the show tonight for some things. Um, ever, so I'm, I'm not leaning politically one way or the other. What I'm going to talk about after this next comment 
happened today. So again, it's I, I put it together a little last minute, and that's why the podcast is a little late dropping, because I was hoping more news would be out on it, but there is enough for me to mention it. But again, this I'm getting these out of the way now. This is not political, this first part especially, because when I say in 28 days it's the midterm, that means in 28 days, please go out and vote and know where these candidates stand. I don't care where you sit. I mean, I you know, everybody probably cares on some level, you know. It'd be nice if, like, politically, we're never going to all see eye to eye, but if there was a better system where we could all have some say in it and not feel like, you know, this party won or that party won and and the other party's awful and it's just it's just i think that it's it that's a podcast i could spend um an entire weekend live doing on the two party system which is why i remain independent both in my voting and in my contractorship <laughs> so every state has legislation being discussed right now for app based gig work and ic versus employee status okay this was my note originally for the show. Now, something happened today, and I've been talking about this the last couple months on the roundtables, on other channels, on many things. Um, The National Labor Relations Board, the NLRB, and the FTC um, have finally decided to you know, team up, which I've mentioned for a few weeks now that, okay, that's not really historically what we do. The NLRB and the FTC do not team up. Um, they're supposed to be independent um, entities of one another doing their job. You know, like the word compartmentalize comes to mind because a lot of people use that word. So let me use that word here. Um Think of the all these government divisions as compartmentalized. The Labor Relations Board is to go into their building, their floor, whatever it is, and they are to deal with um, things that are NLRB-related. Now, of course, that sounds like, yeah, of course, that's what they deal with. But they are not supposed to step outside that sphere. So what I'm, what I'm saying is... That space is supposed to be them. The FTC is supposed to be them. And then when decisions are made between these places and other government agencies, then the pieces are put together to see if they match. And as much as sometimes compartmentalization can be a bad thing, um, when, you know, maybe like, you know, I I think of like um, high-ranking Air Force officials who sometimes are making or scientists who are sometimes making things and they're making one small part but they don't know what that part is even to you know or they're building a major power source but they don't know what it's it's going to it's one one hundredth of the project so again these aren't supposed to be crossing lines they have been for weeks there's been talk from biden administration on the labor part of it and again not political here guys i'm just when I say the Biden administration, I only say that because right now it is the Biden administration. Biden is the president. It is his administration. So un, it, 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 I'm not slanting him here. I'm not, I'm not applauding him here. I'm just saying the labor, the Biden labor um, team is finally 
going to fully, as I told you guys before, the PRO Act did not go through. They tried to push it through in pieces. Most, I mean, and when I say most, I mean almost everybody in the country had no clue as to um, as to how close the PRO Act came to passing. But now we're faced with this whole other thing, okay? Like the PRO Act is to the side now. So now um, they're fully going after pulling the plug on an actual end to independent contractorship. Now, you guys have heard many, many numbers, 13 million, 19 million, 59 million. Um, I want to not dive into this, but I want us not to remember or not to forget AB5 in California. I'm not going into the Prop 22 part, and we are a, this is a, this is a gig economy show. So I sh- if anything, I should be talking more about Prop 22, but AB5 destroyed lives, it destroyed businesses, it destroyed nonprofits, and these were people who had built businesses before gig apps, and their lives are destroyed because independent contractors are not very much welcome anymore um, under a lot of misguidance. And I'm going to even go ahead and just say that, under a lot of misguidance, because if you, those of you that know me from way back when, know I have interviewed both sides of this table, from Vina Dubal to the Gig Workers Collective, um, to uh, um, the one in Southern California that made that first push uh, to really get uh, AB5 and to fight Prop 22 and all this. And you guys, I've had all of them on, and I've had everybody on the other side on. So I'm a very fair program here. Um, But this is no joke. The news trickled out last night, um, and I waited to see if I had more to say on this for this week's podcast. On this Thursday, which will be the 13th, there will be, quote-unquote, the draft rule will be formally published. Um. What is the draft rule? How can I how can I break this down for you guys quickly? Because there's a lot out there. And again, you can go to Uber Lyft drivers to get all your news. But guess what, guys? Now you can go to rideshareradio.com to get all your news. It'll take you right to Uber Lyft drivers. So I'm making that transition of saying that. But what I will say is that um okay, the draft rule. This is a union push to force independent contractors to become like employees based on a new six-factor test. Now, if you remember us talking about California and the AB5 test or the ABC test to determine if you were or could be an independent contractor, it was the B prong that made it impossible. We will see the full language on Thursday um, when the draft rule is formally published but it has a new six-factor test, and I have I looked for it today. But from what I've been told, it it's as hard as the a as the ABC test in California for traditional gig economy workers, but it's twice as hard for the gig economy workers. So here we go. This is the road I've been talking about for a long time. They want. I mean, you know, the administration's making it look like they're going after the big companies. But let's be honest. Most big, or not most, many, many, many big companies operate on the same 
um, ethics level as Uber and Lyft. It's not like big companies, you know the you know the the big traders, the the big valued companies. I mean, let's even be honest, Google, um, Apple. I mean, for as much as we might love the products, these companies are not straight up. They're not. They're always about some deceit. So we can't just say that the gig economy is kind of like messing up, you know, the the ethics around the stock market and stuff. No, it's not. It's a- actually operating like most businesses do, which is not right. I mean, I, I, you know, I'll put my two cents in there and say, yeah, I think that I don't think a lot of companies act poorly. Um, but, you know, basically, for my audio podcast listeners, I'm so happy to be back. But this Thursday, when we do the roundtable at night, you guys are always welcome to join us over there on YouTube. Find Rideshare Rodeo channel. You can find you can go to rideshareradio.com and you can click the YouTube channel and it'll take you right to it. Um, but watch for if if but if you are waiting for the audio podcast, I know a lot of you love the sound quality that much better. I know a lot of you just prefer the audio. So for those of you, on Friday mornings, I will be dropping the Thursday night roundtables. Well, this Thursday, we are obviously going to talk about the draft rule because it's going to be published on Thursday. I don't know what time, but right as soon as it's published, I'm going to be on reading that thing and going through it and pretty much until we start. So unless it's just not enough to go through, but it should be, if it's being published, it should be the whole thing. So guys... um, Welcome back to the audio podcast. I'm sorry that I had to open up with some very scary uh, information because this is not an instance where I want to say I was right. Um, and I don't want to be right. And it's not really that I would even be right, but it was more than a prediction of mine that this would be all happening. Um, after all the people I've talked to, and you guys, there are so many good things to go listen to in the archived audio podcasts or on the YouTube channel. You can find most of them, but on the audio podcast, you can find all of them. I mean, I've had Kim Cavanaugh a couple times. I've had Lisa Rothstein. I've had Gail Gordon. I've had, um, uh, who am I leaving out here? Karen Anderson. I've had uh, Vina Dubal, who sits on the other side. I've, you know, I've had... Um, Mike Karubi twice lately. So we are really, there is a lot of information to be digested. And maybe, and this is my thought, is that a lot of people haven't been taking it as serious as it is yet. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm telling you, some of the leaders in the fight against these, these joke laws that are trying to be, take away our freedoms in this country... Um, a lot of the people in California didn't know AB5 was hitting them. A lot of the writers and news and, and journalists and things, they didn't know it was going to affect them. They didn't know what it was. So it just happens. That's what I've been warning about. But now we're going to see something on a much darker, larger scale. So let's move into some gig work here. Um, obviously, on Friday, we will have a little more talk on this. And obviously... um. You know, hopefully we don't have to spend too much time on it. Uh, it will be what it is, but the timing of this is nothing short of what you'd expect. Again, we're 28 days out from the election. 
Putting something in writing on a Thursday is pretty common. It, it, it could go into effect on a Friday, and then it's the weekend. By that time, we are looking at the 17th of October, and that really runs down to about two weeks left before, or it would be 15 days before voting. Um, or I'm sorry, maybe a little longer, but regardless. Yeah, I'm sorry, a little longer. Uh, but regardless, it's important that we all pay attention to this. I will kind of uh, try and find some links to the states and see if we can't have uh, um, maybe create some kind of chart where each state where the two primary candidates or any seat that's up for grabs in the House or the Senate, um, maybe I can do something in an article that's like, if, you know, this, where the each candidate stands on just gig work. I won't get into their politics because we're not political. but And I won't even say if they're Democrat or Republican. You'll be able to look it up. But I'll just put where they stand, what, they're, what they stand for and what they hope to achieve with gig economy and independent contractorship. And if I could do that, even if you're planning 100% to vote for this one person and you read this and you do full-time gig work, you might want to re- go back and reconsider. And you could sit with either party doesn't matter and, and find out you're thinking the other way. But I think that it's impa- important all of us see this. So let's move on a little bit. DoorDash. DoorDash has been crazy lately, huh? Oh, wait, but yeah. And before I do move on, I do want to say that uh, after, what has it been now? 18 months. March of March of 2021 was like official. So about 18 months, um, Pair has been going. Before that, it was autonomy.jobs. And uh, we've been through two cycles of the tip transparency with DoorDash. Well, um, we have, David, the CEO of Para, and myself, we have had many interviews with many different publications on, you know, what it's about, what, what we care about for the workers. Everything needs to be transparent with that most if not almost all of the problems go away and a lot of wasted money goes away. And they are starting to kind of move to platforms like this, the rideshare, especially doing the upfront pay model. Um, But uh, DoorDash (laughs) uh, has cut, you know, the pair team off a couple times. Here's the thing, guys. There is an article out today and I will put it in the show notes here. It's the first article that the New York Times has written specifically on Para. Um, basically, uh, the gig economy disruptors Para, but not really. It's the company that brings you um, your true pay or whatever the article title is. But it's great. It's an article with. It's an interview with David. Um, it's a great interview. Uh, check it out, you guys. I will put it in the show notes. You can also find it at Rideshare Rodeo. I posted it today. Um, can't miss it. It's got a picture of David on it. But Door- DoorDash. Now, this isn't parent Door- DoorDash. This is just something that's going on. DoorDash has released Drinks with Double Dash. That's what it's called. Um, I've had a lot of people asking me, how do I feel about Drizzly? And how did I feel about the amount of money Drizzly sold to Uber for? And why are there not other Drizzly-type apps? Why did Drizzly 
have that space. And yes, people can say there are, sure there are. There's also package livery, uh, package liquor and beer delivery that goes back to the 1960s. But the app-based really was, it's, it, it's owned by Drizzly. And yes, they sold to Uber for in a, a ridiculous amount of money. If you don't already know, I'm not even going to tell you. I want you to go look it up. Google um, what Uber paid for Drizzly. And you're going to be shocked if you don't already know. Um, but there aren't more emerging from there either. But here's my thing. Um, so Uber bought Drizzly, which was, you know, it's alcohol only. Uh, the delivery app uh, for a crazy amount of money. They allowed DoorDash to use it. Um, with the volume of alcohol orders in this space, though, it's there should be a lot more entering the space, and I don't get this. But here's what I do want to say about it. I'm not actually praising this and wanting to get into it. Obviously, you know, you guys all know me, and for those that don't, you will get to know me here soon. <laughs> but here's the thing. I am very concerned as a person from the service industry, specifically the bar and restaurant industry, for a 25-year period. I am very concerned about the laws when it comes to delivering alcohol. Now, I'll use New Jersey as an example. New Jersey just passed a law that it is okay to, for the apps to deliver alcohol. Great. Drizzly has been around, and they allow you to deliver alcohol. Uber bought Drizzly. They allow you to deliver alcohol. Uber sub or Uber gives part of their license out to DoorDash so that they can deliver alcohol. Um, here's the thing: in every I, I've worked in bars in three states, um, Michigan and Colorado primarily, but in three states, and I've worked every job. I've even here in Colorado, I've even been an owner. Um, I've been a GM. I've been a um, bartender, door guy, bar back. Uh, server, kitchen, y- you name it, I've done it. That's kind of how that industry goes. So no matter where I've ever been in that industry, here in Colorado, it's called TIPS, TIPS certification. And what it is, is it talks about making sure how to card people, um, you know, making sure you know certain things to look for, and it gives you like two clues to each state currently on their ID so that you can be quicker about it. It teaches you how to deal with drunk people who are, try- who are trying to play as if they're not drunk. Maybe they got kicked out of another bar. They came into yours. They got past your door guy. They're ordering how to diffuse situations, all this kind of stuff. And until you do that, you can bar back and you can work in the kitchen you can bar back and collect glassware and go behind the bar and wash it, but you cannot be a server or a bartender and serve alcohol in any establishment I've ever been in until you are TIPS certified. Now, I don't remember what it's called in Michigan, and I don't remember what it's called. In in, in every state, it's a little bit different. But tip certification in Colorado is required for all, and including packaged liquor. So if you own a liquor store, you have to be TIP certified. They have to know that the person running, or at least the person owning the business, um, especially has has an understanding of it, but everybody that they employ has an understanding of it as well. Um, 
it's really it's it's really crazy guys so uh i am gonna try and do something here because i have been because i have been a bar owner here because i have had a state liquor license in the state of colorado under my name okay not the not the business not the llc uh you have to have one and up to it again state to state in Colorado it's you have to have one and you can have up to 3 responsible for the liquor license so i was one of the um i was the general manager i owned a small portion of the bar and i was on the liquor license i know where to go and in denver there's one building the the um mayor webb building and you go there i know where it is it's on the third floor I know which door it is. It's you go in there and there's nobody there to help you. I've been there a handful of times and I know how to get there. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to see if I can talk to them. It's 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 about a staff of about 6 people in this in this in this office. And uh will they remember me from long ago? No, but I can probably explain who I am. And, you know, I used to be giggling grizzly and now this, that, the other, you know, and say, hey, look, I want to know where do drivers stand delivering alcohol for these apps who are not TIP certified and who are carrying gig worker commercial insurance and working for these platforms? My guess, and I could be wrong. But my guess is it's going to be something along the lines of not I should not quite as bad as this, but somewhere along the lines of unaccompanied minors, and it's almost going to be like, and again we'll see. I will report it if I can record it. I will, um, but if I will report it and whatever it is, it is. But I'm guessing that it's going to be well. Your insurance better know that you're 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 delivering alcohol. Well, they know I work for DoorDash and DoorDash delivers out. No, your your insurance better know you're delivering alcohol for these apps as well. You better make that very clear and make sure that they can show you the language where in your insurance policy you are covered above and beyond the apps to cover you from the same thing as like an unaccompanied minor. I've talked about that before. You guys know that's my biggest thing that makes me mad in the gig economy. Drivers who know this is a rule and take kids. I know there's a lot who don't know it's a rule. For those who don't, you cannot take any person under 18 in a rideshare vehicle, even if they're using their parents' app, you're picking them up from a high school, this, that, the other. Let me put it easy. There is no excuse. And if you get caught with that minor, if that minor complains that anything happened weird during the ride, if you get into an accident, if you get into an accident and the minor were, were to be hurt or killed or something tr- just awful like that, guess what? First of all, Uber or Lyft, whichever you were on, they instantly say, well, that was a minor and there wasn't an adult. We no longer have any role in this. Now, I dare any of you to call your insurance company because here's the next thing. Your insurance company, your insurance company, even if you're carrying the the best commercial insurance to do this you can, will say the same thing. Well, you were taking a minor. This is on you. 
Now, if anything happens or any lawsuits happen, we all know that anything involving a child is usually multi-million dollars. That probably means that one ride, and it's going to sound dramatic, just ended your life because you potentially could be paying that back the rest of your life just for taking a kid. And I know it sounds stupid, but there are stories out there. I haven't seen any since the pandemic, but we know things are coming back to normal. I know around me, kids are calling for rides again. Um, so be on the lookout and also be on the lookout for this because I think it's going to be, I'm very interested in it. I think too many, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong again, but at least I'll have an answer for you guys. But if I'm not wrong, I think it's very important because we we know the gig companies love to call us independent contractors. I love to be one. But a lot of people who weren't in, independent contractors in the traditional economy, IC economy prior to gig apps might not fully understand what independent contractorship means. And therefore, they're just thinking because DoorDash has given them this, how could it be against any rules, laws, or anything like that? Well, let's find out. <clears throat> if you guys didn't see already, um, the 2016 data breach for Uber. <laughs> which left 58 million users' data exposed. Now, this is not any recent uh, data breach. This is the 2016 one. Uh, finally get some closure. So a federal jury in San Francisco uh, con convicted uh, Joseph Sullivan, Uber's former chief security officer, of obstructing justice and concealing knowledge that a fel federal felony had been committed. It's a crazy story, you guys. Um, so basically, um, basically, this in 2016, in December 2016, there was a hack of 58 million users' data. I know that over 600,000 license uh, drivers' licenses were breached, incomplete. Um, there was other. There was so much. There was a lot of data taken. Um. There are ways you're supposed to handle this and go about this and how you, even if it's your company, if it happens, how you're supposed to report it right away. Uber at that time did not report it. This was 2016 December. This was the end of the Travis era. Travis would end up um, leaving the company in March of 2017. So we're about, at this point, Travis is at his, he's burning at both ends. He's, he's, he's kind of losing it. Um, even though his, his original plan was much better than what they're trying to do now. But um, regardless, you know, the boys club and all that kind of thing, I get that. But he was kind of on his way out. Dara was on his way in. The data breach happened. And uh, Joseph Sullivan, the chief security officer, and I'm sure the team, this is where I get a little weird about it, because since 2016, Uber has paid tremendous amounts of money to the state, to the users, to this, to that, to the other. You know how they find ways to do this, to keep it and then keep it backdated in court. Obviously, we're 2022. This happened six years ago, and a conviction was just put down last week on Thursday. Um, but what did Uber do when this happened? Did they follow the procedure? No. They hired a group of hackers that can that basically, as I understand it, 
are hackers to cover up hacks and any traces that they happened. So they did this. A couple weeks later, they got caught. They started paying the fines. Now he's going to jail. Um, that is finally a closed case. Um, I'm glad that's behind us. Because if you remember, it was 2017 when the Anthony Lewandowski thing happened, and he was working for Waymo Autonomous, and NDAs weren't airtight for whatever reason in this space at the time, or at least enough so that they couldn't hold up in court because he quit Waymo on an offer to go to Uber and took all of the Waymo secrets with him, or a lot of them. And to be honest, especially regarding the LiDAR, let's not forget that Waymo is in the top you know, 20 autonomous uh, testing companies in the world. Uber, Lyft, um, and Aptive, and uh, Motional, they're not in the top 500 in the world. So, you know, it is it is what it is. Uh, Instacart, guys, I don't know if you guys saw this. This is a really weird story. So Instacart and San Diego city attorney reached a settlement yes, uh, yesterday. Um. From a 2019 lawsuit. Now, remember, 2019 uh, lawsuit filed in November would have been two months after Newsom and Lorena Gonzalez put AB5 into effect in California to go into effect January 1st. But in November, San Diego County filed a, um, a lawsuit that against Instacart saying uh, that it was misclassified uh, workers. But now remember, the law AB5 had been passed, but so had the date of January 1st, 2020, that it would go in effect. So my thing is, I couldn't find anything about this. Why is there a lawsuit between the time that Newsom said, yes, this will go into law and it going into law? How did a lawsuit happen? You know, that's, this is weird to me. But here's the, here's the weirder thing. So this case, is, again, has been stretched out three years. Misclassified workers. It's a class action lawsuit. And um, the lawsuit settled for $46.5 million. Okay? And that is to be divided amongst the 308 thousand Instacart workers at the time um at, at the time when this happened when the lawsuit was filed. So you had to be an Instacart employee in California pre-AB5 in November of 2019 and you had to be active. So they count so they count all of them and they count all of them for when they do the amount on class actions. This gets a little weird. So a lot of this won't be claimed by a lot of people, and that will go back into the state's fund. So $46.5 million divided by 308,000 Instacart workers. Has anybody done that math yet? I'll save you the time. That would mean if all 308,000 workers were to be able to get their claim of the money, every one of them, which would be the only way, you know, the only fair way to take all of that settlement for the class action, all 308,000 workers would receive $150.97. Uh, 
for being in this class action. But wait, but wait, we are talking about the state of California here, people. And the state of California is taking $6 million of the settlement. So not 46.5 plus $6 million, but out of the 46.5, California is taking $6 million out before distributing to the class action Instacart workers. And they are going to take $6 million. And here's, here's the thing. It's going to sustaining... Um, or it's, it, it's, it's, it's going to, into a fund for the enforcement of AB5 law. So that doesn't even necessarily mean gig economy. They, they're going to take $6 million and put it into making sure they, they attack more people who had 30, 40 year businesses, paid all their taxes, have been shut down. They're still going to go after them. Wow. I mean, this unreal, unreal. Um, so, after they take out six million, we're left at forty point five million. At which point, uh, at which point, each worker, if all of them claimed, each worker would get a hundred and thirty-one dollars and forty-nine cents each. Okay, well, guess what? about you know let's let's just kind of go on some standard numbers approximately i'm going to be nice here 25% easy are not going to claim this the 13149 so take you know 25% let's just call it you know 70, 70 so it's 75 plus 2 so 77 77 million dollars at least won't be claimed by settlement by people who were in the class action in which case, that goes back into the government, too. So, um, or wait, what did I say? So, for, so of the 46, right, so if it's, I'm sorry, so if it's um, 308,000 workers, yeah, if, if, if 77,000 of those workers don't claim it, well, that's 25% off and another $10 million to the state of California. And here's my thing, you guys. Hey, California, shouldn't that six million or what potentially could be six to 16 million go to sustaining the power grid? Instead of putting honest, hardworking, tax paying citizens out of business, shouldn't it go to the power grid? I mean, you guys are, you guys have. In 2025, you're going to be 35% electric and, or hydrogen vehicles. And then each year after, it's going to go up 8%. So 35 will go to 42. We'll go to 50. We'll go to 58. So by 2029, 58% of the cars in California are going to be electric. And what? We're all, all the California people are going to have charging stations? Because as far as I knew, correct me if I'm wrong, again, not political, just a statement because all politicians on both sides have their issues. But wasn't it Gavin Newsom who was wearing a fleece and told everybody that the air conditioners had to be turned off? Okay, well, if the air conditioners have to be turned off and the grid can't sustain, then why? <laughs> I'll leave it with you guys. 
I, I don't know. If, if you're going to collect some money on this AB5 thing, and by the way, I still have the question out there, guys, and so do a lot of other people I know in this in the AB5 fight in the California portion, name any jobs AB5 has created. Any jobs AB5 has created. Any jobs. Put them in the comments. Um, You guys, um, but it's just a thought. I would think that it should go to sustaining the power grid. The power grid's overflowed. Clearly Newsom coming on and saying that to unplug your air conditioners because the grid was overloaded. Okay, well, pretty sure that if 58% of people are driving electric vehicles, the grid's not only going to be overloaded, it's going to have a complete meltdown and won't be able to sustain. So I'm not really sure. I, I never get it when... When we're talking about one thing going so far, but the infrastructure can't keep up with it at all. Anyway, let's let's jump ahead. <laughs> um, emotional, emotional ionic fives. They were with Lyft, Aptive, and they were and they were working in Vegas. Um, yes, they are autonomous, but yes, they do have a driver in them in Vegas. Uh, they're working, you know, so there is a safety driver up front. Um, they're just testing some of the abilities cause we still don't have anywhere near a working model that could be out on its own. Um, they have now expanded their re lifts lift was in Vegas with these. They have now expanded to Austin too. Now lift is hanging on by a thread by a thread. I mean, like I don't even understand, um, Lyft is only in this country, in the United States now. And, um, you know, they were in Canada. They had, you know, hopes of, of being other places. They're only in the U.S. They don't have the technology. They can't make money. Their stock is dropping. Ubers is too, but Ubers is on the Dow a little more steady. Um, not that the NASDAQ could have them fold in a day, but take a look at Uber's chart from the day of launch or from the day that they went uh, live on the NASDAQ to today. It's not like it's ups and downs like most companies that have been around that long. It's just a complete down. I mean, little pops, but nothing of like a real gain. Well, this Ionic 5 was kind of like their last shot of hope. They had tried to make a deal with GM Chrysler. They had tried to make deals with other people. And now they've got these Ionic 5s. Well, Uber had sold their autonomous division twice. They got it back. They sold it again to uh, Yandex, which is an autonomous company in Russia. When um, when uh, Russia when Russia invaded Ukraine, um, the deal had to be closed because we couldn't be doing deals with foreign companies in Russia. Now. Wasn't if you're asking, wasn't the deal already done though? It was, but it wasn't paid off. And the way it was done was a lot of these deals are done over time. So they still had the ownership. So they had to call that off and they got it back. They had been trying to dump it again, Uber, but you know, what else would they do? Go find another company to like Aptive Motional and work with them and, and see if they, you know, want to go for it again. And, you know, no, I don't think so. And here's the thing. If Lyft wasn't doing this, would they even be, would they just be quickly selling it or would they be doing what I'm about to tell you? <laughs> so Uber, in a bold move here, 
Um, and I, I need to find out how something like this even happens because it does, again, it doesn't seem like something that could be overlooked. But somehow Uber is also going to be using the Motional Ionic 5 and partnering with them. So now Lyft is, is taken their autonomous and, and merged it with Motional Ionic 5. Uber has taken its autonomous and merged it with Motional Ionic 5. I, Motional Ionic 5s are just the vehicles that are being built around the specs of autonomous vehicles that do not work yet. That are not, that's why we need safety drivers in these towns. But not only is Uber working with the same company, they're only going to work in the same two towns. So they're going to be, now it's going to be Lyft in Vegas and uh, Austin, and it's going to be Uber in Vegas and Austin with Autonomous. I feel like they're just putting, trying to put the nail in the hammer here. Um, uh, there's a couple of things I want to leave you guys with. Uh, I'm rolling up here on the hour, I guess. Wow. Uh, it's been a while since it's just been me and the microphone. Um, but, okay, so, um, though, okay, yeah, $39,000 Uber ride, Manchester, England, a guy who takes a 12 to 15 pound uh, ride from a local bar to his house a couple times a week, and it ranges 12 to 15 pounds every time. Um, he's been doing it for a while. Um, took a Uber from Manchester's, the bar he goes to, home, and fell asleep. And the next morning he woke up and found $39,000 removed from his, or, or pulled from um his bank for an Uber charge. So he, what did he do? Probably freaked out and broke some stuff around his house first. But what does the, what does the news say he did? He called Uber, of course. Support probably got transferred to about 17 countries and about 37 agents. Um, and was like, What you know, what's going on here? And they said, Well, somehow the navigation system didn't put your address in Manchester, England, which was your start and end destination, it put it as Australia. Okay. Uber's a tech company, right? I mean, on some level. I know they're SaaS service as a software, but on some level, they're a tech company, right? Okay. How can you charge somebody Manchester, England to Australia, even in an error? Even in an error. How can you do that when there's an ocean between them? Hmm. I... Literally, guys, this tells the reason I even wanted to tell this story wasn't just about these kind of things happen, but the fact that Uber's app doesn't even pick up that that's an, more than half of that ride was an ocean. So I don't know. I, I mean, these are the people that have control of charging our credit cards. And it's not just Uber, guys. It's not just these gig companies, it's a lot of companies. Um, there, I, oh, somebody had asked me, and I know I'm just back to the audio side now, but somebody had asked me um, on something about um, an app I was talking about for nurses. Uh, there is now an Uber for nurses, basically. It's called Per Diem Medical Staffing, Inc., or it was called Per Diem Medical Staffing, Inc., Per Diem for short. 
Um, what it does is it puts extra nurses in locations of need, allowing nurses to pick up shifts at understaffed facilities and get paid that same day. And it was created years ago by a guy who said that nurses sometimes, just like gig workers, need a little more than they made as a salary, which is sad. But let's pass that for a minute. This guy had created a way where they could pick up a shift or two here or there at other hospitals and get paid the same day and maybe get groceries or whatnot that they might need for their family. So this has now grown. um, And after additional investments and growth, the company is now called Gale Healthcare Solutions. Gale Healthcare Solutions. And what they're doing is making an app so that registered nurses can kind of look for either day jobs, um, multiple day jobs, week jobs, multiple week jobs, um, a couple, I I even read couple month um, uh, positions where a place is just overloaded. And I say this because a lot of nurses were very stuck during the pandemic all the way to now where they live. They haven't been able to see anybody. Well, now, if you're a nurse, you can go travel a little bit. You can go see some family. You can go move around the country, and you can work anywhere you want. Um, Great idea. I love it. Let's see where this goes. I'm going to try and get these guys on the podcast. I would love to talk to them. I love this idea. I want to hear more about it. Um, So, (laughs) okay, a last quick story here, uh, or a last quick thing to leave you with. Oddly, I had many conversations around the laundry space of gig work last week. Uh, We talked about Hamper, which basically Hamper is a larger nationwide version of Launder and the others like Launder. Um, So I asked listeners, um, would you let a man do your laundry through one of these apps? And I was doing this live. Uh, And it was, I mean, I guess it wasn't too surprising, but... It sure seemed a little sexist because every girl said no. I would not have a guy do my laundry out of the group that I was asking. And almost every guy said no. So I guess that's a question I have for you. So like I said in the beginning, please email me. Email me, steve at rideshareradio.com. If you you guys want to tell me a story, you guys want to give me some feedback, you guys want to ask me a question, you guys want to ask me about an app, you want to ask about a company that maybe I haven't mentioned that I will look into, Um, if if you're interested in being on the podcast, if you have a good story, anything that you want, email me at steve at rideshareradio.com. But here's what I got for this week. Um, I ask you listeners... Please email me your thoughts on this. Would you let a man do your laundry through one of these app services? Now, the option of I would never use a laundry app service, so it doesn't matter. No, 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 no. If you had to, and if you were going to use Hamper, well-rated one, would you let a man do it? Email me at steve at rideshareradio.com. I would love to hear your answer. And if you're willing to and you're feeling daring, tell me why. Um And if it's okay that I read it on the air, I won't read your name, but at least let me know uh, that it's okay to do so. Um, So uh, some of the things we got to talk about next week, I guess, um, we we will be talking about a new rideshare company in Austin. Um, I'm a little concerned that they look a little bit like trip rides, but they've had some very good write-ups and some good publications. Also, um, 
Why is Governor Newsom opposing Proposition 30? Um, I ask this, you guys, because if you're in California, well, first of all, if you're in California, you should right away know what what, uh, Proposition 30 is, right? Because I know, and I don't live there. Um, It's very important that you know what it is, and I'm not going to give it away. We'll talk about it next week. But I want you to Google it. Google California Proposition 30. And I want to see what your feelings are on this. Now, Newsom is opposing it, which doesn't match with anything he is setting for electric vehicle deadlines. We'll talk next week. Um, that's a wrap for the week for this week, guys. I am so it feels good to be back in the podcast chair. Um, all kinds of uh, new things are going to be coming. Guests still, uh, little segments. I got all kinds of ideas coming. Um, but I'm glad to be back and uh, make sure to check out Solo Moves and GaryZaps.com. WorkSolo.com. WorkSolo allows you guaranteed paid, uh, 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 guaranteed pay uh, on most platforms, really, out of the giant ones Instacart, DoorDash, all the delivery, all the ride shares. You'll have to look into it, um, check it out. They're awesome. Moves Financial. Um, it's a fun, you know, Moves Financial is for gig workers. And they're, they've, you know, they've already got some things where you can earn stock in some of the companies. Like if you drive for Uber, you can, and they're not big shares, but you can earn some stock on top of um, having your banking done through there. You can attach all your apps to there and um, uh, get, you can get loans of up to $1,000 where most banks won't give it to you. So if your car breaks down or you need new tires to keep working and you're that strapped like so many, then you can do that. So check out movesfinancial.com. And Gary Zaps. Gary Zaps, well, Gary Middleton is my man. Mad, mad props to Gary. Uh, Middleton Technologies, um, driver utility helper, DUH, uh, does... F- um, filtering for DoorDash, Maximo does uh, safety and filtering for Uber, Lyft, Uber Eats, and Grubhub. You guys will have to go explore a little bit. And he also does one for uh, flex drivers called Flex Alert. You can find all three at GaryZapps.com. Um, DUH and Maximo have a free trial period, and Flex Alert is always free. So if you're an Amazon Flex user, get over there and get a Flex Alert. Um, that's it, guys. That's it. I did it. I made it. Be smart. Or <laughs> be smart, earn smart, and stay safe, y'all. That's the most important part. All right. That said, I am out of here. Go spin some good into this crazy world, and we'll see you back here next time on Rodeo. Peace.